It's episode 74 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back. Thanks, as always, for joining me on this episode of Keto for Women. Very excited for the topics that we're going to talk about with today's guest. I can't wait to get into the interview, which we will do very soon, and you all will learn something new by the time this episode is over. Before we get into that, just a few really quick announcements. First thing, I want to give you a little bit of a teaser on something that's coming up for this holiday season. I will be giving the option for the first time ever to gift the Fat Burning Female Project. So this could either be something where you've been wanting to do the Fat Burning Female Project and haven't quite pulled the trigger yet, and now you can perhaps ask for it from a loved one, and it could be an option for them to give to you and you can get started. Or if you have someone in your life that you think would really benefit from this class and you want to gift that to them, of course, knowing that they are on board, ready for the change, interested in the keto diet, and wanting to learn more about their bodies and their health. If that is all the case for this person, that would be a great option potentially for a gift. So we may be now approaching the time where we're planning out our wish lists and our shopping lists. So that may be an option for you to put on one of those lists. I will have more information next week about how to actually go about doing this, but I just wanted to let you know in case you want to get a head start in thinking about that. Now, a few notes that I'll say right now, there is a limited number of spots available to gift for that class because it is only for the January class. So it will not move forward on into 2019. It's only for the next class that I will be holding, which will be in January. Next up, I want to tell you about a new product that has just been released from our amazing supporter, Oh So Good Bone Broth. I think you all know by now that Oh So Good Bone Broth has been supporting the Keto for Women show from day one. They are, along with all of our podcast sponsors, the reason why this podcast can happen every single week for you all. But now they also have a really awesome keto product. It's called the Super Green Paleo Soup, although it could just as easily be called the Super Green Keto Soup because it is extremely keto-friendly and extremely nutrient-dense and delicious, of course, too. So it has their chicken broth, which is already super nutrient dense and delish, but then they add in basically every vegetable that is keto friendly, quote unquote, that you can imagine. And they (laughs) blend it all together with some spices into this phenomenal soup. And that's it. That's all that's in it. And it's really hard to find good pre-made soups that don't have other stuff in them. Like it's pretty much impossible in the grocery store. So 
Oh, so good. Bone broth has taken the guesswork out of that. I want you to get your hands on these soups. Head to ohsogoodbones.com. Use the coupon code KETO, the number four women, and you'll get $15 off your order. Of course, while you're there, just stock up on all the broth because you're going to love it. I think you all know that by now. And especially this time of year, you're probably going to either want it because you're cold and warm things sound good right now, or you're going to need it because you or your family or your friends are going to get sick. It's that time of year. So good for all of the above. Again, ohsogoodbones.com. Use the coupon code KETO, the number four women, and get that $15 off your order. All right, now we get to move on to our guest today. I'm so excited for you all to meet Dr. Lisa Coach. Dr. Coach is a triple board certified medical doctor in internal medicine, bariatrics, and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. Ever since her own exposure to the medical field due to childhood leukemia and heart failure from chemo, she has been focused on finding the cause of issues instead of treating the symptoms. She attended Emory Medical School and completed her internal medicine residency at USF in Tampa. She started her practice focusing on preventing cardiovascular diseases and obesity. That experience led to further training in alternative medicine, hormones, and nutrition. She's the medical director and founder of Spectra Wellness Solutions, a comprehensive clinic focusing on all aspects needed for total body healing, including the ketogenic diet, hormone replacement therapies, and enhancing mitochondrial function. She has several signature programs for optimal performance, including the Ignite program featured in her first book, Get Lit. I had the opportunity of meeting Dr. Lisa in person. We had a great weekend together, and I just knew that I wanted to have her on the show to talk about everything she is finding out about keto and health. And without further ado, let's hear from Dr. Coach. Dr. Lisa Coach, thank you so much for coming on Keto for Women today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so we actually met in person and we have a mutual friend, Leanne Vogel, who I'm sure most people listening to this have known her for a long, long time. So we all have someone in connection with each other, but we met in person at a conference in San Diego and got to spend a whole weekend together. So that was really great. And I knew as soon as we got started chatting that I needed to have you come on the show to talk about everything that you do and all the research that you do and have done and really just your own personal story too, because you have a really amazing story about your health. So why don't we get started with that? Let's hear how you came into this keto world and the whole medical space and how that all went for you. Absolutely. So I was exposed to the medical field at the ripe age of 15, unfortunately, with a diagnosis of childhood leukemia, felt fine at the time, just went for a camp physical and they found an anemia and then that was the diagnosis. So I had to go through high school with three years of pretty extreme chemotherapy, a wig and a steroid face, which was not the best look in high school. (laughs) That's a hard time to go through that stuff. It definitely was, but I was blessed enough to be relatively as healthy as you can be going through it. So I didn't have a lot of hospitalizations and I had a lot of support at home and I knew on some level that it was happening for a reason. I didn't have a clue what it was. 
I handled it pretty well. And I got into college knowing that I wanted to go into medicine. I thought I wanted to treat kids with cancer because that's what I was. And right before my junior year of college, they found a mass on my ovary when I went for my very first pap smear, which is traumatic enough, as I'm sure all your listeners can mm-hmm. remember. Mm-hmm. And they thought it was a cyst and they had to open me up. And then it was actually leukemia cells that had avoided the chemo, which is a very rare thing. So I was all of a sudden, instead of going back for my junior year in college at Emory in Atlanta, I was in New York City because my parents kind of panicked and wanted me at Sloan Kettering, a center that kind of had seen more of these rare sort of situations. So back for more chemo and no hair again, and somehow managed to continue my studying during all that time, graduate on time, take the MCATs and get into medical school. But I did have a huge complication from the additional chemo, which was heart failure. At the age of 20, I woke up in the middle of the night gasping, and that was pretty scary. And what's really interesting looking back is my uncle at the time was a practicing podiatrist, but he was dabbling, I guess, in integrative medicine because this was 20 years ago. And he sent me coenzyme Q10 and L-carnitine, which are two of the most important supplements for heart and mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what they were, but I just took them. And every time the bottle was running low, he sent me another one. God bless him. So I was lucky enough, whether it was the supplements or being young, that my heart recovered to a low normal function. I was able to get through all of the chemo. The cancer was gone. I was able to run even like a 15K. And I got into medical school. On my very first interview to medical school, though, the person interviewing me said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, childhood cancer. And he looked at me and he said, no, you don't. And I still kind of really respect this guy because he made me think a little bit more. And then I realized, no, I don't. I want to prevent anybody from ever having to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, the opposite to how do I prevent disease and to, I'm not really sure I even want to deal with cancer at all. I just want to get people healthy and understand why they get sick in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I got in and went to medical school and kind of made everybody crazy because Every time we learn something, especially in the clinical rotations, I would say, okay, but why? Like, why is that person sick? And why am I just memorizing this protocol of medications when I don't understand what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, nobody knew. Nobody had any answers. It's just the way we do it was kind of what people would say. So I took it upon myself at that point to try to figure this out, went into internal medicine because I thought, that would give me kind of the broadest approach to understanding the body and why disease happens. And I was lucky enough, after I got out of residency, I had a couple of different job opportunities. And many of them were kind of routine primary care, which had a bigger salary attached to it, which was exciting after you know making nothing and being in debt from school. <laughs> but the one I took was half the salary because it was a kind of unique position where I could make up my own fellowship trying to prevent cardiovascular disease. So I joined a group of cardiologists and started studying obesity first and prevention of cardiac disease. So, you know, everything from 
just advanced lipid testing to helping to develop the gastric bypass program at our local hospital. I was my first experience teaming up with other practitioners, and I brought in a psychologist and a nutritionist to do all the pre- and post-op care for patients getting gastric bypass. So that was one of my early exposures to kind of nutrition and obesity medicine in general and Mm -hmm. prevention too. And the surgeon and I kind of parted ways when he said, you went off on this tangent trying to study hormones and nutrition. (laughs) And so I'm going to start doing all these evaluations on my own. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) That was an interesting time frame. And yeah. I was like, but the gastric bypass is messing up everybody's. But that's know. actually really important. <laughs> yeah, and I need to understand it and help them. And that's what kind of led me into integrative medicine, in addition to my own personal health, which, mm-hmm. you know, nobody thought I could get pregnant with five years of chemo and only one ovary. And I got pregnant on my first try with my daughter, which was pretty amazing. But Right after I had her, my body crashed with autoimmune, thyroid, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. had to deal with Hashimoto's since it's so prevalent, and psoriasis and recurrent sinus problems. And I went to humor my GYN. I went to the endocrinologist, and I was already kind of off the beaten path with my patients trying to uncover integrative you know, approaches. But the endocrinologist basically said, okay, well, you have Hashimoto's and you're already taking Synthroid because my TSH was nine. So I was thrilled because I thought I would feel better. I put myself on Synthroid and got my TSH to one, which is very good control for anybody who doesn't know about those labs, but I'm guessing most of your folks do. Mm -hmm. And I felt absolutely no better. And he said, come back in six weeks and we can have my nurse practitioner retest your TSH. (laughs) And I just kind of laughed and thought to myself, if he's treating me this way, I can order my own TSH. What is he doing to everybody else? This is not okay. So that was kind of one of the other big moments of pushing me further into the integrative world of trying to understand what the heck was going on with everybody's bodies, including my own. So I started training in anti-aging and regenerative medicine. Once you go to one of those meetings, you're done basically because you can never look at everything you learned the same again. Mm -hmm. So I started studying with a vengeance, trying to understand and apply with my patients some of these integrative approaches to the gut and thyroid and adrenals and hormones and started feeling better myself. I got exposed to a naturopath who practices muscle testing or kinesiology, which has been absolutely amazing tool that we have brought into my practice. And fast forward to about five years ago, I was dabbling with all of this stuff for a few years and constantly trying to figure out the nutritional piece and how it might help my patients other than just telling them to not eat processed food and to watch gluten and sugar. And what I did was I had had my second child. So after crashing after my daughter, I waited and I wasn't going to try to get pregnant again because I was lucky enough to have one. And I felt well enough to try. And I was actually able to have my son at 41 without any assistance of IVF or hormones 
without any support and he's amazing, but I, my heart kind of crashed while I was pregnant Mm. and he had to be delivered with general anesthesia, emergency, my ejection fraction normal is 60. Mine had been 50 to 55 since I was 20. It was down to 15 to 20. So that was pretty scary. And, And so he kind of rebounded post delivery, but not well. I was on meds for about a year and we thought I was okay. And I think I was in a bit of denial, but I was listening to a podcast from Dr. Mercola and he was interviewing someone named Dom D'Agostino. And this was about two years after I had had my son. And he was talking about how this ketogenic diet caused the production of brand new mitochondria. So mitochondrial biogenesis is the fancy word, which basically just means that you can make new mitochondria and mitochondria are how we make energy and they're what's basically your heart is made of mitochondria. So I couldn't believe this because I didn't know that you could make new mitochondria. I thought once they were toast, you know, they were gone, which chemotherapy directly kills mitochondria, but so does a lot of other things that many people are exposed to. Mm-hmm. And you know, I stopped the recording and rewound it a bunch of different times to hear him say that again. And then he mentioned that he, at his labs at the University of South Florida, which is literally 15 minutes from my house, he was doing all this different research. So I reached out to him and went and saw some of the things he was doing predominantly with rats at the time to study the ketogenic diet. And, you know, I don't know how many of your listeners know how he got started, but it was through studying Navy SEALs and trying to find a way to help them be able to stay under the water longer that he pulled out the ketogenic diet and its seizure prevention benefits. Mm -hmm. So I started implementing and studying and getting really excited that I finally sort of had found a meal plan that fit in with my approach because everything that's ever worked in my career with me or my patients has been something that has helped me personally. So the idea that there was a diet that wasn't just for weight loss, that was going to like literally regenerate my heart (laughs) was incredibly exciting. So that combined with around the same time going to a conference that was actually the first one of the one we met at Mm-hmm. where they were serving bulletproof coffee in the morning and I had never heard of it. And I was still alert at, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon where usually you're snoozing <laughs> in those all day conferences. Mm-hmm. And I started really studying fat at that point as well. So those were like the two kind of key points that got me on the keto path, you know, originally. So personally, so it's been basically five years since all of that happened and you've been following a keto style diet the whole time, I'm assuming, or or close to the whole time. Have you noticed changes in your own health? Absolutely. So I was probably very religious with the keto for about three months. And then since that time, it's more of almost like a cyclical keto or a modified keto because if I've had felt tired, I would play around with it a little bit. I noticed a lot of my patients having issues with, they would feel pretty good. And this kind of was a similar pattern with me. And maybe six to eight weeks into being strict on the keto, they were crashing a little bit. So 
I would add in a little more carbs for them and for myself. And I went to seminars and was asking the people at the time, what is going on here? Why are people crashing? And the answer I got over and over was, well, that doesn't really happen. Mm. <laughs> and I knew it was because I was watching right. my office, but I have a patient pop, you know, a lot of the keto research at that time was almost solely done in athletes or in men. There was not a ton available for women, as you very well know, and have filled in so much of that gap so amazingly well. But I was getting, basically, we have no clue and something must be wrong. And going back in hindsight, I think it was different nutritional patterns, but also looking at hormones and thyroid and the fact that maybe a lot of my women needed a little bit more carbohydrate support, including me. So right. it was a learning curve that I was, I was sort of on my own at that mm-hmm. point trying to figure out. Yeah. And I think, you know, just us being in the health field and wanting to help people as we do, we experiment ourselves too. At the same time, sometimes that we're experimenting or having our patients or clients experiment too, because we're learning for ourselves so that we then can have a little bit more knowledge for those that we're serving as well. And it it happens. It always happens that way, whether it's diet or some of these other lifestyle changes that we need to make. Absolutely. And I think one of the most profound benefits, I think, you know, when I go back in hindsight with my own journey, I had this heart failure seven years ago when my son was born. And then I thought I was doing okay. And I think I put myself in a little bit of denial. I had so much going on with two kids and a busy practice. And I felt pretty good, but I couldn't run again. So I kind of, you know, I just was saying, oh, well, I'll speed walk. (laughs) And about almost a year and a half ago, but it probably started two years ago, I started having some shortness of breath again. And my hormones were being a little bit weird. And I had a lot of stress going on. And I finally went back in and my heart was struggling a bit. And I got put on meds. And in hindsight, I think eating predominantly keto had really delayed this reaction for me. But by May of 2017, I ended up in the emergency room and then admitted for eight days, borderline heart transplant list. It was that bad. And my cardiologist basically went to bat for me and said he thought this device, if he implanted it, would help. And he went in and the first thing he said to me that I knew was related to the ketogenic diet was... He couldn't believe it because I had pec muscles. So, you know, they put these devices in underneath your pecs. Mm-hmm. I've never had a weight issue, luckily. I've had all these other lovely issues, but <laughs> I'm relatively thin up in my chest. So when you have to put a device in under a muscle, you want to make sure it doesn't just pop out of the skin. And with how sick I was, he couldn't believe that I had muscle mass. And I know that was the benefits of the ketogenic diet. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. So this whole story, I know that your health issues and then just learning about keto and and practicing it with your patients and everything, it also got you really fascinated in mitochondria (laughs) because you were learning so much more than you ever thought 
possible about restoring mitochondria, regenerating, creating new, that kind of thing. So let's talk a little bit more about that because I know you've researched it and you're using a lot in your practice and in your own life and, and want to share this information. So let's first, I mean, I've talked about mitochondria in the past here on Keto for Women, but let's first just get the very basic information. So what does that word even mean? Okay, so mitochondria is something your listeners probably remember hearing about in like ninth grade biology. (laughs) And we quickly forget about it because it's a complicated thing, but it's called an organelle. So it is inside every one of our cells, except for red cells, but most of our cells. If you think about your body having organs inside of it, Each of our cells have what's called organelles, and mitochondria is one of them, and it's how we make energy. So usually they'll be referred to as like the powerhouse or the engines inside our cells. So they they take our food and they take oxygen, and through combining that in a bunch of complicated processes, they make something called ATP, which is basically energy that we use to have have all the body functions work. Okay. So we need really good functioning mitochondria is what you're saying in order to feel energized and feel alive and have these processes in our systems work. Absolutely. And the organs that have the most energy demand have more mitochondria. So Mm -hmm. the brain, the heart, the muscles, the detox organs like the kidney, the liver, those are the most sort of heavily, and actually the ovaries as well, the most mitochondria in each cell. So as we get older and as we have experiences of toxin exposure, it doesn't have to be something so severe like what I had with chemo. It can literally just be certain medications or processed foods or tons of stress. The mitochondria can literally die off and then we still have to supply the energy demand of these cells with less of them and we don't feel as good. And a lot of the symptoms that we chase with our doctors that people can't figure out. And even with integrative training, so, and I don't know about you, Sean, but I know when I trained, the mitochondria was not really focused on. It was more the adrenal gland. Right. And it's only more recently that the mitochondria are getting the attention that they deserve because that's literally where we make our energy. So why we weren't paying more attention to it sooner, I don't know. Yeah, It seems like that's something because so many people, their biggest complaint is low energy and they may feel it just overall feeling more fatigued or just tired throughout the day and getting more and more so. But a lot of times it's more specific, just, you know, feeling more fatigued or tired in their workouts or having brain fog or something like that, where it's kind of even more obvious that it has something to do with their mitochondria health. Absolutely. And I think the brain fog, you know, our brain uses up 20% of our energy. So we can feel foggy or, and not focused and never make the connection that maybe the actual energy that the brain needs to function is suboptimal. It's just not where it needs to be. Right, right. Okay, so let's talk in more detail about what can go wrong with our mitochondria. I'm assuming things start out great, and then probably in today's world, we have a lot of things that we face that damage or kill off our mitochondria. Absolutely. So they are very sensitive 
organelles. And what happens is inside them, they actually produce something called free radicals, which is the process of this engine to make energy. It has some gas, basically, if you think about it, that's like off-gassing. So it's, it's kind of makes its own toxins in addition to being impacted from environmental toxins. So it can cause damage to itself in addition, especially if it's given fuel that's not optimal, like grains and carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Then if you enter grains and carbohydrates into the pathway to make ATP, you have more of this internal damage that can occur that can kill off the mitochondria. Plus environmental toxins like processed foods, genetically modified food, different medications, things as simple as Advil and Tylenol, a lot of antibiotics. We're starting to understand things like Cipro, that class, which has a lot of potential side effects that we always just thought was not a big deal to prescribe. And I'm sure most of your listeners have had in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, Each time we get exposed to these different types of toxins, it's an added risk. And then if you put in there things like leaky gut and chronic stress, it seems that the mitochondria is sensitive to all of this in different ways. Mm -hmm. Some of the more recent research is coming out on the effects of EMFs. So computers, Wi-Fi, we don't understand exactly how yet, but the mitochondria seems to be sensitive to these types of radiation as well. Wow. It's just like everything almost. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like a little bit of everything could potentially be damaging these important little guys. So you mentioned this was kind of how keto came around for you and being able to restore the health of your mitochondria and potentially create new mitochondria. What does keto actually do for us in our mitochondria? So being in a ketogenic state and having higher level of ketones, which, you know, we can also potentially see from taking exogenous ketones as well, seems to have a potent anti-inflammatory impact through different signaling molecules. And it seems to directly signal the body to make new mitochondria. So that's incredibly exciting. But then if you look inside the mitochondria, when we're using fat as fuel instead of carbohydrates and glucose, the internal free radical production that can cause mitochondrial death and problems with the mitochondria is dramatically decreased. So it's just a cleaner fuel source in every way. We think more ATP is able to be produced, that we have less of this secondary damage, and that you just have more bang for your buck, basically utilizing ketones as fuel over carbohydrates. So the mitochondria, when it's kind of, I guess, feeding off of ketones, and this might be totally wrong. I'm just kind of trying to figure this out in my own head. Yeah. Feeding off of ketones, it's going to have less of this quote unquote off-gassing happen. Okay. So then, so they produce toxins, right? So part of the process and, and part of the reason and what makes mitochondria so great, the downside is that it produces toxins in our body, correct? In the form of these free radicals. Yes. So a certain degree of free radicals are actually somewhat healthy, but what happens is it overrides when it gets much higher, they can actually almost turn on the mitochondria and cause 
cause it to die. So it's like anything else in our body, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. And the grains, genetically modified foods, carbohydrates in general, the amount of ATP and energy production that you can get compared to the amount of free radicals that can damage the mitochondria is, is just much less efficient than what mm-hmm. you see with ketones. That makes sense. I got you. So it's, we're just kind of creating less of that thing that could go wrong. We're doing less right. of that. Okay. Got it. By producing ketones. So how much of some of the positive benefits that people see when they get into ketosis and start producing ketones, how much of that do you think is this kind of restoration of mitochondria that they're actually experiencing? Oh, I think it's going to be most of it. Mm-hmm. There is definitely this direct anti-inflammatory effect as well from ketones, but I think since the field of mitochondrial medicine, you know, we're just starting to really understand it. Like you said at the beginning, it seems to be directly correlated with every symptom mm-hmm. and every problem because it's it's almost looking at our body from a different way instead of like thinking that our genes are causing problems or that it's just directly sort of a toxin-mediated issue. It's more of if we don't have enough energy, our organs don't work right. (laughs) So if we look at the actual engine and where we make energy and we put in a fuel into that engine that's going to provide more ATP and, I mean, more energy for the same fuel, it's going to be a much better setup. Yes. Oh, definitely. And I think now that you kind of think of it that way, and even just from, you know, a really layman's terms, now that you know that that's kind of what's going on, I think when you make this transition into ketosis, all of us, you kind of can understand and really feel like that's what's actually taking place. Absolutely. And you, you can feel, so what I started noticing with the patients I was tracking closely was that they seem to do amazing initially. And I think that was because, you know, their insulin was going, dropping down. They were finally kind of normalizing blood sugars. They were feeling a little bit of this brain focus and Mm -hmm. energy that we get with ketones. But then as they got further into it, when you do trigger mitochondrial biogenesis, which is again, just a fancy word for making more of these little guys that make energy, you have to also clear the old out of the way too. So it's like you're almost rebuilding your body completely Mm -hmm. from the inside out. Yeah, that's what I actually originally used keto for as well, because when I went through the mold illness, being exposed to toxic mold and having that kind of basically break down my body entirely, I wanted to build new mitochondria and get rid of the old, you know, like kind of do this like housekeeping in my own body. And that was my original point of starting keto in the first place, because I was having all the symptoms of just having really poor mitochondrial health and like, you know, the brain fog and the low energy and not being able to work out and all of these things. And I knew that that was kind of the first step that I could take to start rebuilding that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when we really look at mitochondrial function, I like to divide it into kind of three categories, which is what needs to be balanced in the body. So it's body, it's what is going to be the best fuel, which we know is keto. 
And what do we need to do from a mind and energy standpoint? Because mm-hmm. all three of these categories are sort of directly impacting mitochondrial function and mitochondrial biogenesis. Which leads me into my next topic that I'm really excited to talk to you about. I can tell you that nobody that I've had on the Keto for Women show, have we really gotten into detail with this kind of stuff? And I know you find this all really important to your health and your patient's health. And that is the idea of energy work and how important that is to this all-encompassing holistic health plan that we all are trying to do here as listeners of Keto for Women, not just focusing on diet solely, but this other stuff. And there's more stuff than a lot of us even realize. And I think most people haven't yet really branched into the idea of energy work. Absolutely. And I think my situation, like every day I'm filled with gratitude because my own personal journey has continued along the path to expose me to what I've needed to not just heal myself, but to help to heal my patients and connect a lot of dots, which is what I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. And I got exposed to this field of what we can call energy medicine, probably now about eight to 10 years ago, when the local university called me and said, you know, I'm going to have somebody contact you because they told us they're having amazing results with this machine that has color and music and vibration. And it sounds really interesting, but it was a little bit too out there for us. They wanted to get it studied. So we told them, call Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) And so these guys called me, they had developed this device that looks kind of like a tanning bed. And I basically said, look, if it's not going to hurt and you're having amazing results, I'm interested. We had to knock a wall down to get it into my office. Wow. Yeah. And I started studying different books on vibrational medicine and energy medicine because I literally had no idea. I mean, I, I had heard of meditation. I didn't really know what it was. And my first experience in this device was wild because when the guy who built it opened the door after a session and I, you basically just lay there and sleep, pray, meditate for an hour while there was some low level vibration and different color lights and some music, he opened the door and he started like almost gagging from like smoke and a smell. And it was like, literally we think it was chemo. So it was, and it was 20 or 10, 15 years after I'd had any chemo. So the idea is that we have a physical body and then we have an energy body. And Chinese and Indian cultures understand this and we still are way behind the eight ball. The Chinese talk about their chi. Indian cultures talk about chakras. And so I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard about that. Mm -hmm. And here we literally hammer our energy body with Wi-Fi assume because we can't see it, it doesn't exist. And then wonder again, why we all don't feel good. Mm -hmm. So the concept is that this energy field actually has memory. This energy field is part of us. We just can't see it. And it holds on to every thought we've ever had, every toxin we've ever been exposed to. And that when we are ready to fully heal, we have to address that part of our body as well. And There are lots of different ways to work on this energy field, which we call sort of energy medicine or energy techniques or energy healing. 
but what's really important to know is that the energy field, the toxins and those things don't just go back into the air. They actually have to enter your physical body and then be processed just like any other toxin. Mm. So that makes it a little bit trickier mm-hmm. and different steps required in order to get to a place where you can really get that to open up. So acupuncture is probably the most well-known energy technique. They found acupuncture meridians on one of the first human remains, like 2000 years old, whatever. I don't remember whatever her name was. <laughs> they have a name for the mummy or whatever they found. And they, she had acupuncture markings on her legs. So these energy systems that acupuncture works on are part of the energy body that I'm mentioning. Yeah, that's my favorite. I love acupuncture. It's so great. And it really feels like, because I'm really interested right now in understanding why people don't get well. You know, I get that question so often, like I'm keto, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I've done every test, I'm doing everything right. And I'm not getting better. I'm not feeling any different. And so I really love this topic because this could be the reason. Yes, you'll love this piece of it. So when I first started trying to heal myself, I got exposed to muscle testing, which kinesiology or muscle testing is actually a reflex that uses this energy field to tell what's out of balance when maybe your blood work and your scans and everything else traditional shows up normal. It's another tool. It is very operator dependent. So you have to find a very adept healer that practices it. But I got exposed to that, found this amazing healer. He and I started working together on my own body. And then I started sending him a lot of patients and where he's now part of my big center here. But what I found was he had just a more accurate and quicker way to get, let's say things like leaky gut and chronic fatigue viruses and the adrenals, and I would work on the hormones and the thyroid. And so we were an amazing team, but it was only about 50% of the answer in most of my patients. Mm -hmm. So I knew that there was more and I got exposed to a patient who had bilateral plantar fasciitis. So that's inflammation on the bottom of the feet. And she was married to a neurosurgeon and she was kind of a bigwig in her own right as a thought leader and speaker. And she had been everywhere trying to get this problem fixed because she couldn't, couldn't walk very easily. She'd been to Mayo and all these other places. And I, I said, you know, there's this energy healer that I know in town. Let me just send you to her and see what she thinks. Well, she ended up referring her to a specific type of chiropractic procedure called upper cervical And this technique, which is done with a sound wave, where we tap in the first bone in the neck very safely, so it's not traditional chiropractic, but it's done by a chiropractor, that that technique on her first bone in her neck fixed her feet. Wow. So then I said, okay, what the heck is this? (laughs) And then in my typical way, about three weeks later, I had a patient come in who I hadn't seen in about two years. And before we started talking, she was digging in her purse and pulled out a card and slapped it on the table and said, you have to send everybody to this place. And it was the same place. So that was all I needed from the universe. And I went to go check it out Mm -hmm. and found some really incredible benefits again in my own health journey once my C1 became aligned. And this plugs into energy healing directly 
because it turns out that the neck and C1 especially seems to be the gateway between your energy field, things like your acupuncture meridians and your actual physical body and blood vessels and ability to enter and get detoxified and eliminated. So that first bone needs to ideally be in alignment for us to kind of get the highest level of healing and let go of some of these toxins and thought patterns and step into more of our own personal power. That is so fascinating. It is so (laughs) fascinating. And you know, what helped me connect the dots was I was really into empowering women and empowering my patients in general. And I would start working with them on, let's say, just things like meditation or journaling. And some of them would like really jump in, start doing work, and then they would be calling and coming in with neck pain. Mm. So I'm sure maybe some of your listeners can relate to this, neck or upper back pain. And nobody would ever connect those dots, but I did. And then I was like, wait a minute, they're like finally clearing their energy field or at least trying to, but they're hitting a structural block and it can't get all the way out. And then they were getting physical symptoms. That is so cool. So now do more people know this? Is this still like new information or could we find someone in our local area that could help us with this? So I would tell you that it's somewhere between the two. Okay. I think that if you look up, so your listeners can look up upper cervical. Upper cervical is kind of the buzzword or atlas orthogonal. And those big words, you can go and read a little bit more about it on my website when we get to that at the end. But you should be able to find somebody. I mean, not every city has, it has to be a very specifically trained chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Right. So my goal and with my clinic here in Tampa at some point is going to be to train where you could have a MD or nurse practitioner team up with a chiropractor and come in and kind of learn these techniques so that they could add it on to an already established practice. So long-term, that's something I hope to really help spread for people to have better access to. Yeah, that would be amazing because I think that is really resonating with a lot of people right now. So going back to this energy work, how do you know if you need to work on your energy fields? So the answer is, I think we're really going to continue to find that everybody needs to because we've ignored it for so long and just purely living in the environment we live in with constant Wi-Fi and constant stress and understanding that our energy systems are almost, it's like another body basically that needs TLC. So we're doing all this work on our physical bodies this structural piece I just mentioned is sort of the gateway, but then you have this entire energy field that needs to be cleared and optimized. So you may be able to tell symptomatically if you've done a lot of other work and you're still tired. Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble with your ketogenic diet, I can tell you that was something I noticed too, that you know a lot of the patients were still struggling to stay in ketosis or they were feeling more edgy or agitated and cortisol levels staying high is what pushed me to continue to dive into what else could be going on. And so I started studying this energy medicine in more detail and finding that when we would work on things like either 
acupuncture or my favorite, what I got exposed to was something called Jinshin Jitsu, which is basically like acupuncture, but without the needles. So it's kind of like a hands-on technique that you may be able to find a practitioner in your area or Reiki is one that people have heard of a lot of times. It's very sort of light touch and can move blocked energies. There's something called network spinal analysis that is another technique that certain healers and actually chiropractors are trained in where they can clear energy with, again, like light touch of the hands. Wow. So fascinating. And I really do believe that everyone does need this. I think we are definitely in that place, like you mentioned, where just today's living is so damaging to our energy. And really, we all could use kind of the opposite and to do at least something for ourselves and our energy field to regain that to some degree. Yes. And I will tell you, you know, I'm constantly trying to study this because the field is expanding and exploding every minute, really. And it's very exciting when it comes back full circle, because what it is coming back to is that this energy field, how it's impacting us in a negative way to a certain degree is also through our mitochondria. Mm. So they've isolated on the mitochondria that we have receptors to one of the energy forms, which is light. And studying the fact that your listeners can very easily get some benefits just by getting out in the sun. I know that's a crazy word. Crazy. (laughs) I know. Ideally in the morning is a better time, sometime before about nine. And letting our skin get exposed to the sun and taking our shoes off and doing something called grounding, which is another technique that kind of works on our energy field. We have acupuncture points on the bottom of our feet and the earth emits electrons. It's a negative charge. So I tell people it's kind of like charging their phone, get Mm -hmm. outside barefoot and let your skin get exposed to the sun. And you know, you put all this time and energy into making sure your phone is charged. We need to charge our bodies. So that's an easy hack to sort of help your energy field and your mitochondria. Oh gosh, so true. And I really do feel a difference when I do some grounding. When you actually take that time, it doesn't seem like you would even notice, but you really do. If you're remotely tapped into your body, you will feel that difference. And it's so great. Lisa, I learned so much today. (laughs) I know, it's so fun. Before we move on with this episode, just a quick reminder to go ahead and check out our Keto for Women sponsor, Fat Fuel Company, over at fatfuelcompany.com. They are making pre-packaged little pouches of our fatty drinks that we know and love, like our fatty coffees, our fatty cocos with the MCT oil powder and the coconut oil powder and grass-fed butter powder, all with organic coffee or organic cocoa. That's it. The ingredients are really simple. And all you have is just a pouch that you put in some hot water, you whip it up, and it is the best tasting little hot drinks that you can have. They are great to take with you to work or on a trip, just whenever you know you're going to be needing that extra fat in your keto diet and you want to make it really easy. You don't want to have to worry about taking all the ingredients and all the coffees and all that stuff. All you need now with the help of Fat Fuel Company is a spoon. 
and some hot water. It's so easy. I want to make sure you give it all a try. You can head to fatfuelcompany.com, use the coupon code KETO, the number for women, for 20% off your order. That will be at the Amazon checkout. Once you have gotten all of the stuff you want to try from Fat Fuel Company in your cart, make sure you add that coupon code to your Amazon order for 20% off. You guys are going to love it. They are great snacks. They're great breakfasts. You just want to have them around just for all those inconvenient times where you need more fats or you just want something warm. That's fatfuelcompany.com. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge. So tell everyone a little bit more about what you have going on. There's a new book coming out. We want to hear all about that and where they can find you too. Absolutely. So my first book, I'm very excited. It's called Get Lit and it's simple answers to help you on this journey. So it is in a question and answer format where the body section, we kind of touch on general things that can impact the mitochondria, the fuel section, which a lot of your listeners are already pretty adept, but I, I give you a really simple approach to keto or just very low carb. And then the most exciting part, which is the mind. So in the book, I have a something called the lit scale where you can find where you are on your own personal journey of empowerment and just kind of the empowerment piece, which we didn't get to talk about today, but how much that impacts our energy field and our mitochondria and staying authentic and true to yourself. Mm, And I've got really simple tools to help people do that. So we're launching the book on December 4th. So yeah, absolutely help me trying to become a bestseller so I can spread this word on Amazon. Yes, absolutely. So they can find it on Amazon. Yes. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And is it available for pre-order before December 4th? Yeah, it's already up on Amazon, but we're picking that date just to try to see if we can get a little bit more awareness. Okay. There's also a kit that I've developed my first product, which are drops that you put under your tongue and they have light, some crystal energy, essential oils, methylated B12, and basically you can say an affirmation and help jumpstart your mitochondria. I try, it's my first product called Lit Drops. So the kit that we have that'll go with the book includes those and a bunch of other goodies as well. So cool. I love it all. You have so much amazing information and I think everyone learned something today. So we all have something to to take on with us, but then so much more information packed into this book as well. So we'll make sure everyone gets their hands on that and we'll link to the information to get it and learn more about you and get to your website all on our show notes for today's episode as well. Absolutely. And the journey is not ever going to end. We just keep on learning more exciting things. And you are such a great thought leader and gift for your listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it's been great chatting and we'll hope to have you back here soon on Keto for Women too. That sounds great. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. 